0: got a case of the mondays this is your through thick and skin pick me up we are giving you an extra taste of what we do best megan dropping her pearls of wisdom and Erin answering all of your skincare and injectable questions from her weekly instagram live Hey everybody, this is Megan and we're doing something new here. So as you know, on Fridays, Erin always does an Instagram live over at The Treatment, our business account. And we thought, why not extract the audio from such riveting questions? She pretty much does a question and answer every Friday and give it to you guys, our loyal podcast listeners. So what we're going to start now, this is our inaugural Monday mini episode, if you want to call it. What we're going to do every Monday is we are going to release an episode where you have me and the front dropping some pearls of wisdom, some mechanisms, and then the final part of the episode is going to be Aaron's question and answer from the previous Friday. So, we know you guys are always excited for new episodes, and we wanted to give you more episodes a little bit sooner. So, since I'm not with Aaron during the question and answer on the IG live, I wanted to give you a little something, something so you aren't starving for some mechanisms. So, each Monday, I'm going to bring up a topic that's pretty relevant to me in my life and hope that it will help all of you who are listening out there. So today's topic is something that's been coming up in my life fairly recently. Boundaries. So I wanted to talk about boundaries. Boundaries are something that we set, okay? So if someone wants a more intense relationship than we do, We can be clear and honest about what we want about our intended level of participation. So it sounds kind of strange to be like, huh, intended level of participation. That sounds pretty stiff for like a romantic relationship. But I also look at this with a friendship. Have you ever had somebody, have you ever had a friend who makes you feel guilty for just kind of like doing your thing? Have you ever made a friend feel guilty by saying, oh, well, I wasn't invited? Or you feel like when they text you, you have to text back immediately or they're going to have a fit or they're going to. Text you multiple times in a row saying, Why haven't you texted me back? Where you just almost feel like you're held hostage in a friendship. This would be a great moment to implement. Boundaries. So, what I've been trying to do, or what I recommend if this is something you struggle with, is we have to learn how to tell the person that we're in a relationship with, whether it's a friendship, romance, whatever, we have to tell the person what is reasonable to expect from us, because that's what we want to give. So, if a friend expects you to talk with them on the phone for at least two hours a night, and that's not a reasonable expectation for you, you have to tell your friend what's reasonable for me is chatting perhaps once a week when I'm driving to pick up my kids from school. That's what you can offer. That's reasonable. That's all good. That's what you can offer. And don't always be concerned about the response to that. Somebody might be like, damn, well, we used to talk for two hours back in the day. We used to talk all the time. But things change. We transform. We morph. Life changes. Life is back in session now these days. So really, we have to not be so concerned about what other people think or say when we're honest and direct with them like that. It's it's, it's hard. It's really, really challenging. Because what they say and what they think when you implement a boundary is their issue. It's not ours. Whether or not we tell the person, that's our issue. So we think that, like, ooh, if I avoid them long enough, they'll just forget about me. No, friends don't forget about friends. If you are not telling the truth and you're being avoidant, we know, you know, like I know when somebody's avoiding me. I can tell. So if you're avoiding a friend, it's time to put your big girl panties on and to have an honest conversation. And also if you love a friend, that's how you could come into the conversation. It's like, girl, I love you so much that I'm gonna respect you by telling you the truth. When you Text me really late at night saying that you want to talk, and then I respond saying I can't, and then you ice me for three weeks or whatever. It makes me feel hurt because you're allowed to say that. Also, you know, you want to boost your self esteem? Set a boundary. You want to learn how to love yourself? Set a boundary. There's something really magical about reaching that point of becoming ready to set a limit. You might be in a friendship or a relationship right now where you're kind of just like hoping they forget about you and they stop calling you as much or they stop texting you as much or they stop kind of holding you hostage but they're never not going to stop doing that or you're just being really you're being dishonest to them where a big girl or a big boy will say hey you know I love myself enough to be I love myself and I love you enough to set a boundary and I just it might be really uncomfortable to get to a point where you're like going to explode but that's also really beautiful because you've reached your point Your breaking point, you're like, I have to have a conversation with this girl. I'm going crazy. And something that used to scare you so much, like having an honest conversation with your friend doesn't, you're ready. You've reached a breaking point. That's something to get really excited about. So don't stress out about it. On the other side of fear is freedom. On the other side of a fearful conversation is a really free feeling. So when we get to the point where we know what we mean and what we say, that's when others will take us seriously. So remember, things change not because we are controlling others, but because we've changed we've changed in how honest we are. We've changed in the boundaries we've created. So that's a little pearl of Megan wisdom that I wanted to share with you guys, how maybe you can think about it. What can I do within this next week with boundaries? How can I try to implement a boundary or how can I stick to a boundary? And remember that it will all be worth it in the end.
1: Welcome to Friday Night Live. We are doing something a little bit different tonight. Hello. Let me introduce myself to our new followers, our new podcast listeners, because I have a little surprise for you guys. My name is Erin Jensen and I am the director of aesthetics at The Treatment Skin Boutique. We have locations in Claremont, Newport Beach, and Redlands as of a few weeks ago we are doing some i'm gonna start something a little bit different um i am recording this live for a podcast episode so if you guys are avid podcast listeners and have a harder time hopping on our lives, don't worry. This content is going to be here for you in podcast format. I got my little microphone on. We'll see how the quality goes. I'll try not to let my clothes rub on it too much. We So I think we're in the low 70s as far as our podcast recording goes. So if you guys don't listen to our podcast, me and my sister, Megan, you should go listen to it. It's called Through and Skin. Megan is hilarious. We have a really, really good time. But we have a special surprise for you for episode 100. It is a great story, and Megan promised me she would tell you a really hilarious story at episode 100. But 30 episodes is a lot, so I'm trying to speed it along for you guys, and I'm going to add this second podcast episode weekly. So right now, we release episodes every Thursday, and I'm going to try to get this out for you so we can get there in twice as fast, because... It's such a good story and i want to share it with all of you so thank you everyone for joining we i'm here to answer all of your questions i was not here last friday i took some time off it was a very hectic summer our pas annie and angela from our claremont and our redlands location were on maternity leave and they are back so i took a little time off with my friends with my family i had a great girls weekend away and the last thing you want is me too drunk on wine on a live with my rowdy girlfriends which will for sure say inappropriate things but it's a good time it's always a good time connect with friends thank you guys for joining me i'm always here to answer all of your questions a reminder please ask the questions down in the little question box down below if you ask questions earlier in the stories i have all of those pre-populated ready to go ready to answer as many questions as possible so let's get into it let's answer some of your questions okay let's see here we go let's answer this question our first question for tonight's live is what are common misconceptions about botox okay this could be a whole podcast episode on its own but number one the number one misconception is that botox looks fake i would compare it to if you've ever seen someone with a really bad blonde dye job that just looks yellow and brassy if you looked at that person with that dyed hair that maybe you don't agree with the style their color you would say oh all blonde or all hair dye is bad it looks fake no that's not true it just wasn't done properly so with botox and it doesn't really matter the amount it's not as if you can you can have too much botox but it's really about the incorrect placement you can have a whole bottle of botox in your face you have two bottles of botox in your face and it can still look very very natural another thing is that it will ruin your face if you don't continue to do it over time. That is absolutely not true as well. It's not as if your skin is super tight and pulled and snatched, then when the Botox goes away, your skin gets droopy afterwards. It does not work like that at all. Um, Your skin will actually look better over time. Say there were 10 years of your life that you did Botox and you did not frown and you did not make the frowning wrinkle, you won't have it. It will look much, much better over time. So your skin doesn't get worse afterwards. Uh, it is not painful. Some people think it's it's so painful or it's over-dramatized on TV. That is absolutely not. It, it is so easy. Um, it's. I mean, I think a bikini wax is way more painful than Botox is. So I would say those are the biggest three things is that Botox looks fake, it, your face melts off if you don't continue to do it, or it's painful. And it's really not that bad. It's very cost-effective too. For the results you get, it works amazing. So absolutely, Botox Dysport is our number one treatment that we do with the highest patient satisfaction. All right, let's get some next questions here. All right, next question from our pre populated questions from stories. Thank you so much for asking those. The question is Do you offer filler in the jawline to give structure that Botox took away? Oh, I love this. This is a two part question. These are the kind of questions they ask you in like medical school and PA school. It's not just A to B, it's like critical thinking. Okay, so let's talk about how Botox can take away the structure in the jaw. So back here, you have your muscle called your masseter muscle. As you, if you clench or grind, this muscle will grow bigger. Like if you clench it, it's Botox, so I can't really do that much. It will grow. If you put Botox in the masseter muscle to slim it, it's gonna slim your face down. And if you have more of a square face or a, a um, wider jaw, it will help taper it down. But if you over Botox this area, what's going to happen, you are going to lose support. If you lose support right here in your masseter muscle and your jowl is heavy, it can make your jowls look heavier and more saggy. So if you want Botox in your masseters, you should talk to your injector about what's going to happen to your jowls. If you don't have a big jowl and you already have good bony support, you can absolutely do it. But say I have patients that do this for horrible clenching where it's so painful it gives them migraine headaches. You're not gonna give that up. You will take a saggy gel over horrible migraines anytime. So if that happens, you can go in and replace, and replace, all right, I'm laughing at the comments because I never have makeup on. Everyone I work with is like, wow, you look amazing. I'm like, bitch, like what do I look like all the time? I know, I don't, I have to wear these. I wear these all day long, okay? Yes, Megan, I have lip liner on. Thank you to Courtney Dapper. This is what she recommended too. If you guys need like a makeup girl, I think it's Charlotte Tilbury. Don't ask me any questions about makeup. I don't know anything about makeup. Okay, let's go back So to the gels. I know a lot of stuff about injectables and gels. So if, if this starts to sag down, then you have to fix a new problem, and that happens sometimes. So we can go back in and replace some of that volume that was lost in the masseters with filler with what we call a high G prime, where it's thick, kind of replace that that really firm loss that's right here. You can also go in, so we can either fix to replace this volume that you've lost, or we can go in and treat the jowls right here with either Kybella, there's some other things that we've started to use, PCDC, any skin tightening devices, Um, so something to help with the gels. But, you know, it's two very different problems where usually we're treating the masseters for pain and then we have to fix some of the side effects. So the short answer is yes, we can put filler in the jaw to give it back structure that the Botox and the masseters has taken away. That was a very great question. Thank you so much for asking it. This is a great question. I've had this problem myself. Let me pull it up, a question about our pop. Lock and Block It sunscreen. And then I have my medical assistants in the background distracting me. Okay, hi guys. I should turn, wait, I'm gonna make you guys get on the live, look, there they go. <laughs> okay, we have fun here. All right, back to your guys' questions. How, Pop, Lock and Block It is our sunscreen, is our sunscreen powder. How can you use it um, in a hygienic manner when you wanna brush it on sweaty skin? The short answer is it does not work well on sweaty skin. I'm so sorry. I know all my athletes, my tennis players out with their kids What I recommend doing is wiping the sweat off of your skin with a towel to dry it off and then applying your pop block and block it. There's no way to use it on sweaty skin without the brush getting affected by the sweat. I'm so sorry. You know, if you do sweat a lot, I maybe just recommend the On The Daily or Let's Get Physical. Um, You know, what's well, we also have our pout protector, which helps your lips, but that's not really where it gets sweaty. So the short answer is, there isn't a great way um, use for it on sweaty skin. It's powder. I mean, if you think about it, putting powder on anything wet, it can get a little matted or you know, just a little gross. So greasy, a little bit of oiliness is okay, but in general, try to wipe anything that would um, get all mixed up with the powder first. That is what I would recommend. Alright, next question. This is another great, great question. I personally also have this problem. Okay, are the glycolic pads supposed to be spicy? If so, should I use it sparingly? It really just depends on your skin type. Okay, my skin is not sensitive, but it is reactive to glycolic acid specifically. Glycolic acid is great. It's great because it takes off dead skin cells, it helps rejuvenate the skin, milk helps make your skin look brighter, it can help with breakouts, but sometimes it can be a little reactive to the skin. So for me, glycolic pads do make my skin a little bit spicy and a little bit red. What I recommend doing is in the beginning, put the glycolic pad on, and leave it on for about 10 minutes and then you can wipe it off. With the glycolic pads, you can apply it for 10 minutes and then you can rinse it off so it's not as stinging to your skin. Do that every other day or every third day, and as you build up, you can use it typically daily if desired, but sometimes not all products are gonna react to all skin types. So if your skin is reactive to glycolic acid, what I would recommend doing is using something more gentle like lactic acid. For me, salicylic acid works a little bit better with my skin, so just look at the different acid families. Come into our office, get a facial, and our esthetician can kinda walk you through all the different types and what would be best for your skin. So the short answer is yes, sometimes that can happen, but it is um, nothing to worry about. Okay, let's go back to the questions. Uh, Would you consider doing a course to teach us how to become, I think, an esthetician? So in the state of California, you have to go to cosmetology school and you will get a degree as an esthetician. So you cannot be taught in house, you have to be licensed to be an esthetician. So I would recommend looking at at the programs in California. Nico was a master esthetician, or he's a master esthetician, he was an educator. Um, So if you DM uh, Nico, Nico Alaniz Skincare, on Instagram, then he can give you some little tips on what programs to look into. He would be a really, really good resource, but you have to get licensed. That is in California. I'm not sure how it works in other states, but um, yes, look into that. If you want to be an aesthetic injector, that is a whole nother story. Stay tuned. I'm in the works for something. So I'm currently a trainer with Allergan and Galderma. If you are looking to become an aesthetic injector in the state of California, if you're a nurse or above, um, stay tuned because we are gonna work on some things and, I'm, and I might, I may, there, there, there are some things in the works, okay? Because we get that request so much and I'd love to share our knowledge with you guys. Next question, is it true that if you get Botox in your underarms, you will sweat more in other parts? how Botox works for sweating is that it it blocks the sodium channel so you don't sweat as much and it works really good in targeted areas like the underarms, the hands, the feet. Now, if you block the sweat in that one area, it's such a small percentage of your sweat glands, it is not going to go to other areas, it won't. However, there is a surgery uh, where you can cut the nerve that causes sweating and that we can sometimes see what's called compensatory sweating where you sweat in other areas you can sweat on your your chest i've seen it like all kinds of places on your chest on your stomach on your back it is like it is not fun at all so i do not recommend doing the sweating or the 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 surgery trying other modalities way before the surgery the surgery should be a a a complete last resort okay Um, so no botox very easy it lasts usually for about six months. The one downside is it can be a little bit costly because it takes a lot of Botox. Um, it's usually a whole bottle, half in, the, half in each underarm, half in each hand, but it can be life-changing for someone who sweats through their clothes. Um, you shake hands and your hands are clammy. It works really, really good. This is about layering products. How do you apply products, right? Like if you have all of those products right there, and I know some of your guys' shelfies look like that. What order do you put them in? Okay, so uh, in general, you wanna apply things thinnest to thickest, but if you have products that are are the same consistency, so for example, this patient has a a regimen that's very similar to what I use, so for me, I like to put the products that I want to treat my skin, that I have the biggest issue with, closest to my skin so for me my melasma bothers me the most i'm always focused on pigmentation so i'm going to put my discoloration defense first i put that on in the morning i let it dry and then i brush my teeth or do something that will give a few minutes in between for it to penetrate then i go and put on my antioxidant i either use silly or floratin those are my go-to antioxidants and then i apply that and then i let it dry Um, And then I blow dry half my hair or put on my makeup or something like that. And then I'm gonna go on, so for me in the morning, then my next step is to put on either a moisturizer if I feel like I need it or on the daily. On the daily is like my moisturizing sunscreen, that's my go-to. And then I put on my makeup afterwards. Then at nighttime, I put on my discoloration defense again or a prescription um, bleaching cream if I'm using that at the time and then I would put on my Retin-A on top of that. You don't need a million layers to to your skin. Oh, at nighttime, you can also use a moisturizer if you want to. If your skin is not really dry, I like my moisturizer on top of my products, but if your skin is trying to get used to the products that you're using, like Retin-A, then you can put it underneath all your products to buffer it. But in general, thinnest to thickest, I like prescriptions on first or things that are targeting issues that you have. So say if you have acne, you wanna put on your acne medicines first, But if it's a prescription, you should always check with your medical provider because they're gonna have recommendations on what order that you should place it in. Here's a good question. I had an allergic reaction to Botox last time I broke out in bumps, can this happen again? Um, So I am going to venture that your allergic reaction was not, it's likely not due to the Botox itself, but everything else that goes into a Botox treatment. So when you come into the office, we ask that you have no makeup on. If you have makeup on, you may use one of our makeup wipes or wash your face with one of our cleansers, our acid-based cleansers. We may put numbing cream on your skin. We clean the skin with alcohol. There is bacteriostatic saline mixed with the Botox. There's like eight other things that will come before that you are more likely allergic to before the actual Botox itself, especially if it's bumps on top of the skin. Also, you may have gone home after we had like, wiped off your skin with alcohol and then put a product on it that had a reaction to it. So I will never say never. I, like, you can absolutely, there is possibility to be allergic to Botox, but it's much, much more likely that it, you were allergic to some other part of the process. So if, if someone is more uh, reserved and we want to make sure that doesn't happen again, what I will typically do is that I will do either a test spot or a localized treatment first and then bring you out back one to two weeks later to see how you reacted and then do the full treatment. So say usually we do frown, forehead, around the eyes, platysmal bands, let's pick one area. Let's just do one crow's feet with 10 units and then see you back in two weeks and if you didn't have a reaction, then we will proceed with the whole treatment. 99, actually 100% of the time that I've done that, you, you are not allergic to the Botox. Again, I will never say never, but it is typically everything else you're putting on top of the skin. That's a good dermatology rule in general. So many times when I did more medical dermatology, someone would come with a rash on my hand, uh, say on their hand, and would say, oh my gosh, I think I ate something. It's typically not internal. It's not something that you're ingesting in your body. Localized skin reactions are typically something that was a, a, an external um, product or something you came in contact with on the skin. And what's tough is that you come in contact with hundreds of things a day. Like it will drive you crazy to try to figure out exactly what, was, what touched your skin. Cause if you think about it, you touch, you know, you touch this and then you touch your skin. So this may not be touching my cheek, but if this got washed in some like crazy ass bleach detergent and then I touched my skin, essentially that got on my skin. So that was a long answer, but I hope that made sense with the bot- Botox reaction also don't forget hold on before i go to more questions you we're sticking a needle in your skin and you can see redness and bruising and pain and you can see all these things with injectables again most of the time it's caused by the trauma too so did the botox give you a big ass bruise no the needle did so you have to think about that way like categorizing it is it the medication is it the 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 prep for it like what would cause a reaction thinking through things um, logically. Oh my gosh, so many questions, so many questions. Oh, I gotta give Joe a shout out. Hi Joe, how are you? His question or comment is, hi Erin, my mama said hi. Her lips look extremely natural. Your mama is a sweetheart. Um, We were talking about a little podcast event that may be coming up. You better come on it, Joe. I will keep you posted, stay tuned. Megan is working on some fun things. We have a lot of fun things going on in the works right now. Okay, here's another great question about filler. Earlier this week, we uh, really um, launched on social media the new filler that we are using in the office, Restylane Contour. It is a beautiful, natural-looking, flexible filler that's intended for the mid cheeks. The question is, what's the difference between Voluma Cheek Filler and the newest Restylane Cheek Filler? When I started injecting about 13, 14 years ago, I had two fillers to work with. with, A hard one and a harder one, okay? Let's just say people's faces didn't look the best. We just didn't know any better. We put everything just anywhere and people started looking weird. I would just fill nasolabial folds all day long because that's what we thought, let's get rid of the wrinkles, let's get rid of the wrinkles, and it just didn't look good. Well, over time, now I believe we have 15 different types of fillers in my cabinet, so I can pick something that is firm and flexible, soft and flexible, hydrophilic, it absorbs water, it's puffy. It's, so I can look and pick something that's perfect for you. So wrestling & Contour fits in the little niche where someone who has a little bit of volume loss in the mid-cheek, they don't need a lot of volume replacement, but they want something that looks very natural. So it is that in-between firmness, in-between flexibility, it just, it fits right in this nice gap in the, the filler um, portfolio. Voluma is also a cheek filler. Voluma is going to be a little more volumizing, slightly stiffer. So usually Voluma is going to work a little bit better in this mid cheek area to give you that more of that cheekbone right here where I put Voluma right here and I'm going to put contour right here so when you smile it's more flexible. Voluma can go here and some people have more volume loss so they need more volumizing. I can use it there as well but that's that's the nuances. It's and that's, that's all you really have to know. If you go in and trust your injector, you're just gonna say, you know what? I want you to give me the best cheek filler for me and I'm going to trust you. It's kind of like if you go to a restaurant and you tell them, I want the best steak on the menu. These are the type of qualities I like in a steak. You know, you, I mean, you can, you can ask the chef about it, but you're not gonna go asking the chef, how are you going to prepare it? How long are you going to sear it for? What is the seasoning you're going to put on the steak At some point you have to have a certain level of trust that the the person who you know is the expert in doing your service knows which ones to pick for you I use all the portfolios I use them all, all day long on different patients because it's not cookie cutter We just don't have one we don't stick to one portfolio and I will I'll give you a little insider secret. If people only have one portfolio, it's usually for financial benefit, which you know we don't do here at the treatment. I do not like that. I, had, <laughs> I was somewhere one time and the person was like, oh, if we use this certain brand, we get a bonus and we get paid more if we get a certain brand. Oh my gosh, I was such a bitch. Because I was like, oh, that sounds really salesy that your office makes you sell one brand over the next. Like that is just so... Like even if you thought, oh, I think this other brand is gonna be better for the patient, to have a financial benefit of choosing something else, it's just, it's just not for me. So here at The Treatment, we choose what is best for you. So again, they're just two different types of cheek fillers. One's a little softer, one's a little firmer, but they're both really good in different types of patients. Oh, this is a good question too. Oh no, I had a patient. Earlier today, oh my gosh, love her. she got a spider bite on her forehead and it got infected, so now she has this dip in her forehead. And that sucks, that why does a spider have to bite you in the middle of your forehead? Why couldn't it have bitten your butt or your ankle or something, I don't know. But our next question is, I split my eyebrow open, oh, that bone, boom, you just hit it, it's, the tension splits right open. What should I do to minimize the scarring? So right now what you wanna do, you gotta keep it out of the sun, sunscreen. If you're going to the beach, you slap a band-aid on that thing. Like sun cannot hit that scar because it will slow down the healing process. You also, if you're able to, want to invest in silicone sheets, silicone scar sheets, you put that on And you leave it on. And when I'm saying you wear these silicone sheets 24 7, you wear them 24 7 if you can. I mean, if you're going to work and you don't want a big old sheet or sticker on your face, that's up to you. But you have to do that for months. Silicone is a great ingredient to help speed up the scarring process. We are actually, that's a great question because we are launching a scar product here coming up. I think it might be next week. Megan, next week or or two weeks later, Megan might know more about that. Um, But silicone and keeping out of the sun and don't, don't buy into gimmicks. Don't waste your money. Don't waste your money on Moderma. Don't waste your money on cocoa butter. Don't waste your money on uh, like a laser too quickly. You just have to let it heal. Then after a few months, once the scar is more of a pink or it just has healed a little bit more, you can come in for an evaluation and there are some laser treatments that you can do to help it sometimes so for my patient i had earlier the the scar left like a a hole in her forehead like a true dip so she may require a corrective plastic surgery to cut that hole out because once you have a deeper dip dip in the skin you can put filler in there but hers it looked too deep Um, so it might be something where it needs a surgical revision by a plastic surgeon but it but that plastic surgeon has to wait a good six to 12 months before they can revise the scar because that tissue is so sensitive and it needs to gain some of its strength back. So when the surgeon does sew the skin together that it can hold that tension and heal nicely. Next question. Okay, more skincare. Okay, oh, so many good questions. Is double cleansing recommended only after wearing makeup or all the time? I think double cleansing is definitely a personal preference. I only double cleanse when I'm wearing makeup um, but it's up to you. If you are really oily, really sebaceous, maybe like two different types of cleansers, you absolutely can wash your face twice. When you're not wearing makeup, you can cleanse it twice when you do wear makeup. I will tell you this, I use, my cleanser of choice is Suitable Simply Clean. It has a little bit of salicylic acid in it. It take, takes off my eye makeup it takes off everything in one cleanse really darn well. Uh, so I feel really clean afterwards. When I you know, take my washcloth and pat my face, there's no makeup residue on it. So I feel, feel pretty comfortable with a single cleanse with Simply Clean, um, but some other products don't take off makeup as well, and you may need to do a double cleanse, but it's totally up to you. I don't think it's absolutely necessary if you are not wearing makeup. But again, it's not bad, it is a personal preference, as long as your skin is not getting too irritated. Question, next question, is about cortisone shots. This is a great question. We see a lot of patients for cortisone shots into acne. Can someone get cortisone shots three times a week or should they come in for an acne consult? Great question. What a cortisone shot is, it is a little shot of an anti-inflammatory into an inflamed pimple into an inflamed lesion. So what that cortisone will do, it will help shrink the inflammation so then your your pimple's not as swollen. So if you've ever gone in and got like a really deep cystic pimple on your jawline, you try to pop it all you can and it just makes it worse and it blows up even worse. That is not because it's full of pus, it's because it's just swollen tissue. So the cortisone will help shrink the tissue. The cortisone is a temporary fix though for that single lesion. If you are a type of person who gets one bad cystic pimple every three months, maybe once around your menstrual cycle once a month, perfect, it is the perfect treatment for you. It's more based on an emergency. However, if you are breaking out with multiple cystic lesions monthly, even not just weekly, monthly, you should come and get an acne consultation, you should go or go see your dermatologist, but that is a band-aid for a bigger problem. Cortisone shots are nice, but everything has side effects. Cortisone can cause atrophy to the fat in the face, it can lead to scarring, so you just have to be careful. Everything in moderation is best. It is not good to use cortisone shots as your primary treatment for cystic acne. It is a great compliment, but if you are coming in and trying to get three cortisone shots a week all the time and you're, you're kind of refusing medications or other treatments or lifestyle changes, you know, that's something that is not a good fit for us. We wanna treat everything holistically. We wanna give you the least side effects possible. So yes, that is a great question. We wanna do a combination of both. I mean, if you're getting a cortisone shot a week even, You need medication or at least an evaluation for what to try to figure out what's going on. Um, So if you're coming in for a cortisone shot once or twice a month, solid. We got you. More than that, let's talk about more things. Let's try to prevent these cystic lesions from happening versus treat them versus treating them when they're 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 too bad. The next question is, would the Cosmolon peel help with acne scars or is it specifically for melasma? Great question. I have my Cosmolon peel scheduled. For I think the second week of September, um, you know I don't love doing the Cosmolon peel. Uh, it peels are not. I don't know anyone who's like, "Yay! I get a peel! My face is gonna fall off! I'm so excited not to go in the sun and look like a hot mess for a few weeks." But I do it because it works. You go to the gym because it works. You eat healthy because it works. It, it, it just really works. But the Cosmolon peel does work better on sun-induced pigmentation. So things like melasma, brown spots from chronic sun damage, it does. It can help acne scarring, but I I do think it's a little overkill for acne scars. I prefer salicylic acid peels, like our Salex Peel for acne scars. So you can do it, your skin will look amazing from it, but that pigmentation for the acne scars is deeper under the skin, deeper than that Cosmolon goes. And the good thing about acne scars, pigmented acne scars, uh, red or purple scars, they will go away over time as long as you have your acne under control. So that's what you wanna focus on, getting the acne under control, focusing on that, and then the, the pigment will help itself. Melasma doesn't treat itself. Chronic sun damage doesn't treat itself, so you did, do kinda of need those big guns. So instead, I would recommend coming in for acne consultation for acne scars, making, looking into Salex peels, using products more intended for acne versus the stronger pigmentation. Okay. Next question. Great. We love newbies. Our next question is, I'm in my 40s and injectable free. Get it, girl. What can I expect at my first appointment? We are... During your first appointment, what we require for all of our patients is to get a cosmetic consultation before they have any treatments. Now you're co- during your cosmetic consultation, you can have treatment done the same day, but we just don't want you to sign up for Botox because you don't know if you need Botox. We are here to give you the information if you need it and do a full evaluation of your face. So you come into the office, you're greeted by our front desk, they walk you in, they have you fill out some privacy forms, our medical assistant comes in, they get your information, they take before photos so we can keep track of all your progress and then one of the medical providers will come in and discuss all your treatments options with you and what's really nice if you can give us some direction so what we don't like to do in our office is just give you a oh you need this 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 and this here's your ten thousand dollar quote what do you want to do that's not how it works at all what is helpful is having the conversation of What brought you in today? Is it, is your daughter getting married? Did you just finish nursing your last baby? Are you just looking really tired in Zoom calls? And then tell us, you know, kind of what is, what's at the top of your list? When you look in the mirror or when you take a photo, what's something that really bothers you? A lot of the time, we start with the wrinkles up here at the frown line, the forehead lines land around the eyes. Some people feel like their eyes look really tired. Some people don't like their acne breakout. Some people don't like their brown spots. So when you tell us what your priority is, then we're able to go down and tell you what your treatment options are. For me personally, I don't like, if someone has a a, a few things to work on, I don't like to go over everything all at once because it can be so overwhelming to know, okay, what's the recovery from a cosmolon peel? Oh my gosh, are my lips gonna bruise and swell? Botox, what do I need? How much is this? Oh my gosh. So what I like to do, let's focus on one or two things. Maybe start with that, get that done today. Let's see you back in a month or two or in three months. Let's schedule your facial and we can just chip away at things. It took you 40 years to age. You don't have to anti-age overnight. It shouldn't be a like wham bam, let's try to fix everything at once. And even if you are trying to get ready for something like a, a reunion or a wedding, even with that, we want months to slowly work on things, give you nice natural progress. So during the consultation, you, we block enough time that you can usually do something during your consultation. Usually it's some type of injectable, maybe a little bit of Botox or Dyspor, a little bit of lip filler, a little bit of cheek filler. Botox is, I mean, it's easy. You, it, it just takes us a few minutes. There's not really much recovery time to it filler, you can have some bruising, some swelling to the area. So we want to plan that accordingly in your social calendar. So that's something a lot of times that we will schedule at a later date. So we talk over all of your options. We go over pricing. We we discuss what the pros and cons are of treatments. For me too, I always talk about treatments that we don't offer in our office. If you are usually 50 years and older, and you are complaining that your eyes feel really heavy and saggy, usually an option for you is also a surgical option, something like a brow lift or a blepharoplasty. Even though we don't perform those in the office, I will let you know, hey, we can do some Botox around the eyes, open up your eyes, it'll look amazing. But you should also know another option is a surgical option. And and that can give you better results than I can give you. And if you are interested in that, I have great surgical referrals that I can give you you can go get the surgery, and after your surgery, you come back and we maintain with Botox. So we like to give you all the options that we are knowledgeable about, and if we can help you with what we offer, amazing. If we can't, we wanna guide you in the best direction to get you the best results for you, not necessarily what we just do. We are very low key, If you feel like you wanna do something amazing, if you don't, we are here to educate you, give you knowledge, and all of our providers that do the consultations, everyone is amazing, everyone is so good, everyone will ask me like, who should I see in Newport, who should I see in Claremont? You guys, they are all good, they have all injected my face and I am very picky about that. So if they inject my face, I trust them with your face. Next question is, do you have any specials going on right now? We do not do specials very often. And the only time we really run specials is they are trickled down from the injectable manufacturers. The injectable manufacturers, they are Allergan and Galderma. They will sometimes pass down $100 off lip filler, $50 off Botox, and then we pass them down to you guys. But we don't do big sales or specials. The one exception is usually around Black Friday. We have something big. So if you were thinking, oh yeah, I saw Annie. PA Annie in Claremont and she told me I need four syringes in my cheeks because they're, they're a little on the flat side. Oh, but that's not really my budget. If you're not in a hurry, think about that Black Friday time and it's, a, it's usually a really, really good a discount then. But otherwise, we don't do sale Fridays. We don't do buy one get one free Groupon stuff. We just, yeah, it's just not, not what we do. We're high quality. We're real, so we don't try to oversell you. Also, get on our mailing list because we, anytime we do trickle down the promotions, we don't put them on Instagram, we put them out to our email list. Because those are our dead, because one, those are our patients. Those are our current patients. And I especially don't do, uh, oh gosh, I don't know. This is just my opinion. I don't do specials for new patients because why should they get a discount when all y'all who've been to our office are so loyal to us, like any discount. Everyone should get new, old, Um, so that's why we do primarily send it out to our email list so all of our patients and anyone who's signed up for our email list is able to get those discounts and we can pass them on to you. (laughs) Also, yes, Kelsey, we don't do care credit. Um, Listen to the podcast and Megan will tell you her little saying on what we do take in the office. All right, guys, I'm gonna wrap it up. I really appreciate you guys uh, watching. This is what we're gonna do, we're new format, so I'm not going to post of the full live on the feed. So if you wanna catch me live, come catch me live. Listen to the podcast. We will release this probably next week on the podcast so you can review things if you want to. Thank you so much for joining. I really appreciate. You guys have an amazing weekend.